0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: This is Double Tap Canada from AMI-audio, the place where blind people talk
0: tech.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap. And uh, yes, it is I, Stephen Scott, back with you here once again, fueled with coffee, fourth coffee of the day I've had here, Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, I've got uh, Sean Priest back with me. Hello, Sean. Hello, Stephen. And I'm happy today. So this should be a good one. Oh, well, that's unusual. Uh, <laughs> right. OK, well, um, you know, someone else is usually very happy. And I'm so glad he's back with us. Tim Schwartz from lifeafterblindness.com.
3: Hello, Tim. Hello, Yay. Stephen. Hello, Sean. Now, this is just weird. Usually, it's Sean who's bouncing off the walls with, mm. you know, caffeine or something. And you're the one unhappy. Something. So Something's all backwards here. I'm not, uh, (laughs) but thank you for having me back. I, I appreciate it.
2: My clothes may be on backwards. I don't know. I don't care. I'm still in lockdown. I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. I haven't worn shoes for months. Uh, I don't know what is going on anymore. I don't know what day it is. I mean, is this even happening? I have no idea. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, I'm just filling up in coffee, basically, and getting about three hours sleep. You have had a lot of coffee. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know what's going on, but everything is just all very bizarre. My country my country that I'm in, in Scotland, uh, we have, we're still in lockdown. Uh, we're still not allowed to go out very much. I think the pubs are opening this weekend. Uh, who cares? I mean, in Scotland, that's a big deal. Um, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that's how many people pass time.
1: That's the time. That's the key. We need
2: hairdressers. Well, look, so my barber, right, my barber, uh, he uh, he's opened up his shop again. I think it's opening or opened this week. Yeah, it opened this week. And you could book online through Facebook. And I thought, that's a great idea. Very accessible.
1: Yeah, very good. I hate it when you go in a barber's and it's just a row of chairs and you don't know where to sit and you sit on someone's lap and they don't like that, but some people do. And then you don't know when it's your turn. It's annoying. I think that's just you, Sean. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that is definitely just you.
2: Wow. I think we I think you need support. I think you need a person, you know, with you all the time. <laughs> a seeing yes. eye person. Exactly. A seeing eye
1: person. That's exactly what you need.
2: Get one of those, I'll start
1: interviewing immediately. Okay, (laughs) let's get on with it. No, we'll choose them.
2: We're not letting you have any control on this. Stephen and I need to be in charge of this choice. We're on the interview panel for that one. Sorry, you cannot be trusted. Uh, Look, we've got lots to talk about. I've been buying stuff this week. Oh, I'm so excited. I was hoping to hold. I was going to hold this back, right? I've been wanting to hold back on telling you about this. And I thought, I can't. I just can't hold back anymore
3: because I'm so excited. We can't wait, Stephen. <sighs> Waiting with bated breath. We can't wait. Yeah. Stephen buying <laughs> something yet again. It's just yeah, shocking. Really sensing it. Do you hear how shocked I am?
2: Yeah. It is. I, I know
3: it's <laughs> unusual for me. i I'm stunned
2: myself. Well, you know me. I'm obsessed with keyboards. I don't know what it is about keyboards, but I just love buying it. Every time I, I, another Amazon parcel <laughs> arrives, my wife says, what now? I say, it's another keyboard. Just like, how many keyboards do you need? And then my response usually, which never goes down well, is how many handbags do you need? Ooh, and uh, well, sexist. needless to say, it doesn't always go down well. Um, <laughs> yeah, usually at that point, I'd retreat and then admit that I'm wrong about everything and that she's right on every single occasion. That's usually the quickest way to do Well done.
1: With. Good yeah. um, so, here's
3: what you do, Stephen. You need to go out and get stevenskeyboards.com and just tell her that you need to purchase keyboards be, for, for professional reasons to, to talk about them on your website.
2: Tried that. See? Yeah, tried see? that. Oh, oh, never works. Well. Never works. Um, no. Yeah, so I, I love my keyboards. <laughs> and and yes. I love my wife as well. She pointed that out. So, you know, for that reason, I am prepared to give one up. Um, Maybe not in that order. Yes. Yeah, Why exactly. First, I'd, 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 yes. I don't think she's suggesting to me that I have to make a decision on this. You know, I don't think it's that kind of situation. <laughs> yes. But, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. but anyway, I, I do I do love my, uh, my keyboard. So anyway, I, I bought one. Nothing, again, shocking about that. And this one I got is the uh, MX Keys for Mac from Logitech. So it's just out. It just launched this week. And um, I actually pre-ordered it. It arrived the day before. I don't you just love it when something's officially due to launch on a day and then you get it the day before because oh, you know yes. they're screwed up on the deliveries. And you're like, oh, I've got it in advance. Of course, didn't tell anyone, so it didn't really mean anything. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I get it. And um, I, I, I'm absolutely loving it. I, I, now, you know me. I love to make odd sound effects on this program that mm. people never really understand. Uh, this is how this keyboard sounds when you drop it onto the desk. If you would ever wish to do such a thing, this gives you an idea of the the wealth of power that is inside this keyboard. Listen to this. I mean, listen to that thud right there. That sounded like a pen. That was sounded
1: terrible.
2: <laughs> right, hang on, hang on. I'll get the mic closer. Right, hang on. Ready? Oh, no, that was bad. Listen to that. I mean, that's serious. Yeah, that that's a proper serious. That's a man's keyboard. Uh, gender-specific. Uh, Sorry. specific keyboard. Yeah, just wow. be, be careful on that one. Um, no, look, this is a serious keyboard. Uh, it's the MX Keys from Mac. Uh, there is a, a MX Keys version, which is not for Mac. Um, you know, this this keyboard does not discriminate. Um, but you can get it for the Mac because, in my case, I use mainly Mac products. I use two Macs. I've got my MacBook Pro, which is my really my desktop machine. And I've got a new shiny MacBook Air, another thing I bought. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll talk one. about that in a minute. Um, but no, the keyboard, actually, I'm more excited about because this is is, is glorious. Um, And you can jump between different um, devices. It's a multifunction device, which a lot of the Logitech keyboards now are. You get uh, the K range. The K380 is the one we used for a long time. We've we've often talked about that, and it's, it's a great little keyboard. More laptop style. This one, though, is a full-size keyboard. So it's got the number pad. It's got the panel of six that I like. And then above the panel of six, which has got your home and your end and you know your delete button and all that, uh, you've got three uh, three buttons there. And those let you switch between different devices. So physical switch keys to get you from one device to the next. And you can customise on each device what you want it to do. For example, if you wanted to use the function row key as a function row key, you can specify that on the device. If you'd rather use the commands like volume up, volume down, brightness up and down, you can use all those as well. You can customise that. And then on the iPhone, you can connect it there, and you've got a full-size keyboard to use with your iPhone. So I've got three devices paired with mine, because that's the maximum I can do. In terms of the keyboard typing, compare it to the Space Gray um, Mac keyboard, the Magic uh, keyboard from uh, for the Mac, which I bought, which again is full size. I, I do like it, but I find the key travel quite thin, which means that you're typing, you're sometimes not sure you've even hit any keys because yeah. it's so thin. And then on top of that, the keys themselves are very flat. And uh, because they're so tightly packed together, it's often very difficult to differentiate between different keys. And anybody who's tried to type in a number using the number row key, not the number pad, We'll know the difficulties there, just trying to differentiate all the keys. This one, the keys themselves are uh, far more evenly spaced out. Uh, Also, each key, it has what I would call a little valley in the middle of it. So when you drop your keys onto the keyboard, uh, you feel your keys sort of drop into the keys. So, you know, the F and the J key. Hang on, your
1: keys? Do you mean your fingers?
2: No, your keys. The keys themselves, when you drop your fingers onto the keys... Is that know what I said? No, um, you wait, said drop well, the no. keys
1: onto the keys.
2: <laughs> oh, all well, right. Okay, I'm so excited. I told, I'm Calm so down. excited. <laughs> uh, so when you drop your fingers onto the keys, uh, you've got this little valley that they drop into. So the F and the J are very well pronounced. You can very easily tell where those are, and the bumps on those are really good. And then you are able to type away, and and it is a lovely keyboard to type on, and because of the weight of it. Because it's a heavy device, clearly built for people who are going to be typing away all day. Nothing moves at all. Uh, Really nice. Backlit as well. So if you've got some vision and you need that help, maybe you, you prefer to have the lights off and you want to be working away, you can do that. And you've got the backlit. And what I love about the backlight is it clearly it does it by motion. So as you move your hands towards the keys, that's when they come on rather than coming on when you touch the keys scary so really nice beautiful keyboard it costs 99 pounds here in the uk so probably about 130 140 dollars in in canada
1: so it's a considered purchase for sure but i'm loving it well i've considered it and i say no that's a lot to pay for a keyboard but i suppose you know it by the sounds of it is a quality one and logitech i mean I'll be honest, they're my go-to when it comes to keyboards and uh, even mice when I have used them in the past. So they do do um, good products. Yeah,
2: I'm liking it. Tim, would you buy a new keyboard? Are you into keyboards I'm, I'm into
3: keyboards, but unlike you, once I get one that I really like and, and I can use and, and works well, I, I stick with it for a while. Um, I don't, I don't need to Uh, collect them. They're not Pokemon. I don't need to catch them all. Um, (laughs) however. (laughs) They're so nice. However, yes, I mean I'm very happy when I get a nice keyboard that feels right and works right. I've got a Bluetooth keyboard that actually is a Logitech. It's god, I wish I could remember what the the model number is off the top of my head, but it's it's one that's several years old that's flat and it's got that finish on it where it's it's that non-stick, you can spill things on it and wipe it right off and uh, it's a really, really nice keyboard oh, made nice. for actual Apple products. Children. Cause it's yeah made for children like myself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> People who spill things. You guys know this about me, yes. but, um, oh, but it, it works nicely with iPhone and, you know, I, I, uh, uh, Apple products because you can actually, you know, it's got a home button on it and, and things that work specifically with, with Apple products. So yeah, Logitech, I, I have loved Logitech products for gosh, what? 25 years now or, or so, uh, they really make great keyboards and other things. So no, I, I'm intrigued by this. Like Sean, said it's a bit much to pay for just a keyboard but that said with with your review of it your excitable caffeinated review um <laughs> it's it is intriguing if i was to get a new keyboard I, I would look at this
2: i love the keys i think that's the key that's the key you see oh you're so um, good but it is because I've always I've always been on the search for the perfect keyboard, and I think I've found it until the next one, obviously. <gasps> uh, but this one is indeed the the perfect keyboard for me because it's great typing experience. I feel when you press a key, you're pressing a key. You've got that that yes. depth which is good, but it's not it's not like a mechanical keyboard. I, I, I do kind of like the mechanical keyboards, but the clack 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 clack. You know, I think would drive my wife insane, yep. especially when I'm working in the evening. So that's not a good idea. Um, But no, I like it. It's a silent, it's a very quiet keyboard to operate. Um, I also like the the backlit. I don't know quite why I like the backlit function. Because (laughs) I suppose, in some ways, it's it's because of the the kind of level of vision I've got, I've got enough vision to perhaps see where my hand is going. So at least I know that I'm touching the right bit of the keyboard. Maybe not sure which bit of it, but I can (laughs) figure the rest out by touch. And obviously, I'm a touch typist, like we all are. So that's not a problem. It's all customizable as well. I mean, you can customize the the level of brightness if you prefer it to be on all the time or you don't even want the brightness. You can turn that off. Uh, You can download a Logitech app, which gives you the options to, to do all that. I just, I really like it. And I love that multifunction aspect of it as well. I've seen it tried on a number of different keyboards and it does work. Logitech, I think, are the number one at this. It does work really well. It's a bit like, um, I often think about the Sennheiser. Uh, and what's the other one that you use? Plantronics headsets that you yeah. have used Tim. Um, you know, th- those are, re- th- th- for that kind of purpose, for switching devices, they are just brilliant at it. And Logitech are really good at this with the keyboards. Um, it does, I mean, you can use, if you do use a mouse, that is an MX Keys, mu- it's not an MX mouse, I think it's just called the MX mouse. And that is uh, the companion for this. And weirdly, I mean, I've never used this. I would have no need for it. But if you buy the mouse, you can actually go from, if you've got a multi-screen display or indeed a number of computers, so three computers say sitting next to each other, the mouse can actually travel right between all three different computers, which is amazing. Yeah, I've got Um, no use for that, but it sounds cool. I know. It sounds brilliant, doesn't it? But (laughs) it's like, what would I do with that? But I like the idea of it. So it just moves between different devices. Again, this is more of a, they say this is for coders. This is for people who are going to be on the computer a lot. I think for us as keyboard users, um, we're keyboard first. And we use the keyboard all the time. So you do want to have a good experience, which is why I'm, I'm really impressed by this. So, yeah, I mean, USB-powered as well. It does come with a unifying receiver. So if your computer doesn't have Bluetooth, you don't have to worry. You can plug it straight in, um, and it does Bluetooth to other devices. It can do three or two-in-one with the unified receiver.
1: Sorry. So you say USB-powered. So can you just connect it through the USB port, or can you just have it as a wireless keyboard?
2: No, it's it, the USB C port on it is only for charging. You would use the USB A gotcha. uh, unifying receiver, or a safer on a PC. Yeah, uh, you know, if you had a PC that hasn't got Bluetooth in it, then you could use it for that. So you know, it's, it's very customizable, and I like that that's in the box as well. Sometimes you've got to buy that extra. Um, it's a really nice keyboard, uh, and I've bought some other bits and pieces. But i I honestly I'd be here all day just telling you stuff I've bought, uh, and it would just be annoying.
1: I've got a question. Go. Cool. Right, as you mentioned, we're all touch typists here, right? So does it matter, because you said you got it, this is the Mac version. Mm. Does that make any difference other than the actual labelling on the Alt, Control, Option, Command keys at the bottom there?
2: The difference is that you get an extra key on the universal keyboard, the MX keys, you get additional keys for the Windows key, which would also be classed as the Command key. Yeah. Um, th- there's a some a, a couple of additional keys added on to that. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I know on the bottom left, where on a Mac you've got Control and you've got op- uh, c- yeah, Control, Option, and Command. There's an additional Alt key, I think, that's added in on the MX version. Um, and there may be a few different keys on the right-hand side, but generally it's the same. And of course, it's labeled better. So it's labeled the MX keys as more generic for Mac and PC. This one is specifically built for Mac users. So if you're used to that Mac layout of your keyboard and you want to replace that, that space gray keyboard or your magic key, I keep calling it space gray. It doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. The magic <laughs> keyboard is what I'm talking about. Um, then you can you can obviously uh, swap it out for this. Uh, this one also comes in space gray. Just saying. Ah, well, um, cool. Yeah, I don't know why that excites me, but it does. <laughs> I, I know. I, I don't know what it is. I think I've had too much coffee. Uh, look, I want to talk about um, something else because, Tim, a couple of weeks back when you were on the show, we talked about uh, default apps on iOS. And uh, you stunned us. You shocked us to silence with your claim that you wanted to get away from Safari and Mail as your default uh, browser and uh, email clients. Blasphemy. Uh, and yeah, I was shocked. I was stunned. And clearly Tim Cook had his hands over his ears because he didn't complain, so that's good. <laughs> um, but I am intrigued by this. And of course, with the launch of iOS 14 in a couple of months' time, when uh, we get the, the final version, it's out in beta at the moment. We've all been playing around with it. I, I'm finding so many problems. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's and, fine. Well, I, I tried making a FaceTime call today. <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, But I am bearing in mind that we're in the beta process at the moment, so things will not work perfectly. Yes. Like, for example, when you ask Siri to do something, normally she would tell you she's doing it, but the focus doesn't jump to that at the moment. So you just get nothing in response, and then it just does it. Um, And weirdly, when you make a phone call, it doesn't say anything. All you get is, call service. Okay. I don't know what that means. And then the hang-up button is now the mute button, which makes no sense either. So that could be wrong. But yeah, like I say, we're in beta mode. It's fine. It'll sort itself out. I think um, that's just your
3: version. <laughs> yeah, it's well, just the <laughs> Stephen Scott version. Probably, film. yeah.
2: <laughs> maybe it's just the special Stephen Scott edition, <laughs> just to confuse me. Um, but that was certainly my experience today, which was interesting. On FaceTime, not on general calls. Yeah. Um, but like I say, that's the beta. So I'm not going to be too worried about it. But one thing we heard about that might be coming in, the new version of iOS, and It's really important to note there's lots of talk at the moment about features that are working on some devices, not on others. You know, we're still at the early stages of this. By September, it will all have ironed itself out. But one thing we did hear about was the potential to change the default apps. So you, you know, Apple essentially losing their grip or, or, you know, losing their grip on the ability to have Safari and Mail as your main clients for Mail and, um and web browsing, but interestingly, of course, you could always use Google Chrome or even Edge if you wanted to yes. on an iOS device. The problem is the default app was always Safari. So if you wanted to go into an article uh, on Facebook and you wanted to read it, it would open, it would give you the option to open in Safari, but nothing else. Um, you know that's going to hopefully change. And Tim, you are um, well. You're keen to uh, move away from Safari and Mail, and I'm intrigued to know why and what to
3: well it's not as much as that like i heard it and I'm like oh i have to do that immediately although the more i use other apps and i have been trying them i am more excited about it and it's not necessarily well in the case of safari it's not a failure in safari mail yes it's the failures of the apple mail app as as we've documented the the mail app has some issues it's usable it's fine it's very accessible as you would expect it to be but the the default mail app just keeps having these little glitches and little things that just get in the way and and they're not getting updated. Hopefully it'll be updated this cycle, but I was intrigued to find something else. And I've tried so many different apps for mail and I've not really ever found that one good mail app until very recently. And it's odd because I've tried these third-party apps. I think one's called Einstein. I've tried even just Yahoo Mail, Google Mail, and none of them really did everything that I wanted them to do. It's kind of like your search for keyboards, trying to find a better mail app and partnering that with maybe finding a different browser that works just as well as Safari, that's secure, that saves all my, my passwords, just like Safari. And then I found out using Firefox and Chrome and even Edge on my phone, trying to see which one might work better, which one's most accessible. Well, they do all access the Apple keychain, uh, built into the, your, your iPhone. So using Safari isn't exclusive to that. And some of them even have their own built in, you know, password saving ability. So being able to use something else isn't really a big deal. And so that made me go on the hunt as soon as I found this uh, out from Apple that they were going to do this. I, I did a deep dive. And yeah, as soon as we're able to actually do it, I have found my replacement apps. And it's odd, the place that I found them, because it's what I've been using, well, in one respect, for years on my PC. I'm going to replace Mail with Outlook, Ooh. and I'm going to replace my browser with Edge. Wow! Now, the... The caveat to that, and this is kind of your fault, Stephen, because you had said uh, previously on an episode of, of Double Tap that you had been using Microsoft Edge on, on your desktop, and it seemed to be a lot more accessible. There's still work to be done, but it was really nice, and it was working really well. And I've tried it on my computer, and, and, on, and on Windows, it's it's fine. There's still some things with JAWS, for instance, that they haven't enabled certain shortcuts that just don't really work, but it even comes up and says that it does not work yet. It actually Actually gives you a uh, an audible prompt to say that, so it's like okay, they're working on it, but it's it's nice, it works fine on my iPhone. However, Edge is fantastic. There are so many good features there. It's easy to use. It works well with VoiceOver. All the little shortcuts and swipes and things you would expect there to be uh, with different uh, uh, different options and things are really good. Outlook, of course, is very robust, much more robust than the default mail app. So many more things that I can do with it, sync it to my calendar. Of course, you can sync both of those with your desktop versions. So you can log in and actually have your favorites and other things pop up between your desktop and your phone. So I've really enjoyed trying these. And like I said, I've tried Firefox. I've tried Chrome. I've tried so many other mail apps. And of all things, the Microsoft apps just seem to work the best. And I really like them. And what's really nice is that even in Outlook, you can, def- you can set the default browser that Outlook will go to. So if you open up an email and there's a link in, in the email message, you can set it to go to Edge. So right now, as long as I open Outlook for my, my mail, it will default to go to Edge anyway. I could actually do that. Uh, Other links, of course, like you mentioned, are going to go to Safari until they change this. But it it just works so well.
2: Wow. I I did not know any of that. Um, Certainly not about Edge. I knew it was, I I had a feeling it would be fairly accessible, but not to that degree. Um, And Outlook, I mean, I'll be honest, I never got on well with Outlook at the start. Uh, At uh, the RNIB, where I work during the week, um, we have to use outlook on our phones because the way that the system operates now uh, you have to use outlook otherwise there are issues with the security and such like so you know because it's an internal system blah 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 uh, it has to to use outlook and that's uh, kind of worried me at the start but actually using it more i've started to get into it a bit more and there's one thing about microsoft outlook on the mobile device that has, has made me so excited and it sounds crazy because it's a very it's a very niche feature, which if you're in an organization, you will understand the benefit of. And that is shared mailboxes. Now, for most people, this isn't a big deal. But a shared mailbox, uh, if you're in an organization where you may have these shared mailboxes, up until only the last month or so, you were only able to get those on a desktop device. So if you had Outlook on your PC at work, you could add a shared mailbox you'd be able to to look at the emails so for example we have mailboxes for different uh, shows and programs and things we do you couldn't access those outside the network on another device on a mobile device anyway whereas and I don't know where it came from or how it happened but all of a sudden uh, the option when you add an account now when you bring up that box in on an iPhone you can add a shared mailbox now that's a bit of a niche feature I, I grant you but I think it's an important Feature because what it shows is that the Outlook app is being developed to be more like the uh, beast that is Outlook on the Windows desktop and on Mac as well. I will say this: uh, Microsoft products and Mac still a long way to go. Not quite there yet. Well, I'm yes. not. I'm not feeling it. Right. I have to say on the on the on the Mac side, but on the iPhone for sure. I want to spend more time with Edge now on the the iPhone because you've said this. That that's fascinating.
3: Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when I did this because, again, I've had Firefox and Chrome on my phone for a long time, probably a year or more. And I've tried to use Firefox because I like that browser experience quite a bit. I like it on the desktop. And so when I tried Edge after you mentioned how more accessible it's becoming, I was really pleasantly surprised because, you know, how with Safari, it makes that ticking noise to tell you that a page is loading. Well, on Edge, it actually says page loading. And then when it has loaded, it'll actually with voiceover will say. I believe it says page complete or, or, or something like that. Nice. It'll actually verbally tell you that the page has loaded. And then, of course, you can do a double tap and hold on the tabs button or or double tap and hold on other buttons to get uh, information just like you could with Safari. And then with the mail app, you're talking about you know extra things for business purposes. I don't need this because even though I use, say, my Life After Blindness account with my mail, you know, with Outlook and other personal emails, there's nothing in there that's really private for business. No finances or anything like that. But if I wanted to, the Outlook app actually allows you to use Touch ID. So you could lock it where when you open Outlook, it won't open until you use Touch ID or Face ID. And I like having that extra bit of security if I were using it for a business or had something in there that was private, uh, you know, things nope. that would be shared, you know, yeah. in, a, in a business sense, you know, like finances and things. Um, you know, other than all the spam emails that I'm getting <laughs> from you know, yeah. the, the other side of the world. Um, so no, yeah, I just, I, I've been impressed with how robust they are, like I said, and just all the features and how accessible they are. That's the, the keys. I can swipe up and down on a message in Outlook and there's so many options that I can, you know, do different things with the mail and you can do that in the, the default mail app with apple as well but it doesn't always work and and it just it's clunky we've talked about that so i, I surprised myself with these two choices but I, i've really enjoyed them and i'm looking forward to setting them as defaults now
1: well i'm stunned by the edge decision um you know and that's <laughs> yeah. purely
3: because microsoft shot
1: themselves in the foot with their initial release of edge you know and since they've recently switched over to the chromium engine so it acts very much like chrome anyway I'm sure it's very good, but you know the damage has been done due to its initial terrible accessibility. Um, That's why it was the last one I tried. Yeah, but like you, exactly for that reason. I had Chrome, I had Firefox on my phone for ages just to try them out. But because they weren't the default apps, I just never used them. So it's interesting to see how Apple react to their decision. You know, because they're opening it up, so they need to do something now with their. Own mail app. Their email client is usable, but you know, it's lacking on features. So with these other options that people are going to get, will this force them to put more effort into it? Or are they just doing it it to say, (laughs) okay, here's our Offering, but you can use whatever you want. Well, I'm not I'll, sure. I'll tell you, I, I think it's brilliant
2: to hear that. And I, the one that I'm really intrigued to talk about at some point with you, Tim, is calendars, because that for me is an absolute nightmare. I still cannot find a great way uh, to use a calendar. Uh, and I'll, I'll maybe explain in the next half about how I do it, because it's a very convoluted way. Uh, if you've got a calendar app suggestion either you have or, or any of our listeners do that you've found to be good, I've downloaded a few, I've paid for a few, and I've thought, wish I would never done that because that was terrible. On the recommendation of you know, things, people on Apple Viz and all the rest, clearly who have better experience with it than I do. Um, or, or, or alternatively, what is more likely the case is that the accessibility on the app has changed since the review because um, yeah. that happens a lot. And that can be the problem. Anyway, look, we're going to take a short break. We've got lots more to talk about. Uh, we've got uh, some interesting chat coming up about what is in the dock of our Apple Watches, asking the question, um, you know, what do we actually use our watches for? We want to open this up to, to you. Uh, also, we're going to be talking about blood pressure monitors as well, uh, because uh, there's an interesting uh, conversation we had on this a few weeks ago, possibly you know, a month or so ago. Uh, we're going to get one of our listeners' reactions to that. And we're talking about the ultimate question, what is custard? All that coming up.
1: And now we're back with the Double Tap Canada team for more news on the latest tech from an accessibility point of view. Join in the fun with Double Tap by emailing your comments to feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at Double Tap Canada.
2: You can also leave us a voicemail as well. Uh, Sean is in charge of the phone number this week. I don't know why we do this uh, because he
1: uh, either gets it wrong or forgets it or doesn't prepare it. So let's see which one it is this week. The phone number is one eight six six five zero nine four five four five, 509 4545 And don't forget to give us permission to use your voicemail on air. Yeah, or there will be consequences.
2: I'm going to talk about those consequences oh. a bit later because uh, they've caused a, a little bit of uh, consternation. Is that a word?
1: Ah. <laughs> Custernation ah
3: custard nation c- c- well i said consternation const- but yeah consternation. you could
2: go with uh, custard nation because um yeah that's that's caused a bit of um yeah controversy shall we custard controversy <sighs> yeah i honestly this this show sometimes blows my mind um I, you don't need to take drugs when you do this job trust the coffee's me. wearing off yeah exactly <laughs> more coffee please yep. uh right okay um we were talking just before the break there about the choices you've made regarding uh, you know, changing from Safari and Mail on iOS and using Edge and Outlook, which I think is a really interesting combination. I think the best tip in that was that you can open up links from Outlook in Edge directly. I think that is absolutely brilliant. Uh, one of our listeners that got in touch, Tim, Bilal got in touch with us from England, who asked the question, what about uh, Office 2007 and JAWS? Um, just wondering if you've had any experience of this, because my experience has been older versions of JAWS obviously will work fine with 2007. Uh, do you think that more modern versions, even like 2020, will actually work with Office 2007? He asked this question because he's going to work in a, a, a new office, and he's been told that this is what he'll get. He'll get Office 2007 and the latest version of JAWS. But will they work together?
3: I would think that they will. Now it's been a long time since I've used Office 2007 with JAWS. And when I did, it was an older version of JAWS back when I uh, had previously worked with the government. We were using 2007 at that time and whatever JAWS version we had. And we actually had been given some tips and tricks on how to actually properly access part of the ribbon, even though it still wasn't great and, uh, you know, doing other things and it worked well. So, you know, my experience using uh, you know things in just my home life you know using word or office or you know uh, even the little bit that i use excel which is not a lot a lot no. but even the little bits that i do it seems to work well enough with the the current version of JAWS. so i wouldn't have any concern about that i mean i, I don't understand why they'd still be on 2007 well actually i do it's a, it's a, it's a money thing it's a cost thing mm. uh, a lot of companies will just stick with what works and what they've got and uh you know, upgrades can be very expensive. So I guess that's probably the reason. But um but no, I, I I would presume uh that it should work just fine.
2: Okay, well I'm interested in your thoughts on this if you've been using it. I, I kinda feel it probably will be quite accessible. I often thought that Office two thousand seven was one of the most accessible Office versions that, was, that there were, because yeah. it was all tree view based, wasn't it? It was really simple.
1: Um nice and uh, was that pre ribbon? Oh I hope so i don't think it
3: was though was it i don't i think the ribbon was there at least
1: not that
2: version of the ribbon maybe it was maybe. I think it was that remember there was that original ribbon that was a bit better yes. and then there was this new version which was awful
3: which was horrible yeah. when you had to try to remember old-fashioned shortcut ways to get into the different things because the ribbon just was bad yes
2: yeah it was awful um, okay, well, look, I hope that helps, Bilal. I think uh, that is going to help you a big way. Uh, do let us know how you got on. Uh, now, look, we, we get lots of people getting in touch with us for different reasons. Uh, over the course of the months, people catch up with the podcasts and, you know, listen to the shows at different points. And, um, you know, it's interesting because uh, one of the conversations we had recently was on the subject of blood pressure monitors. Tim, you brought this up uh, because I think one of our listeners asked the question, you know, where can I get an accessible uh, talking blood pressure monitor, or at least one that's easy to see, potentially. Um, Well, Stan Luttrell got in touch with us. He has got an answer to that very question.
4: Hello, Double Tap listeners. My name is Stan Luttrell, and I'm providing a recording for you using something I found because of the A-Lady. And this is sort of a follow-up to a question that one of your listeners had posed. About whether they could find a good talking blood pressure monitor. And I've been looking for one to replace the one I was using because it was kind of a bulky unit that I just didn't like and I didn't trust the accuracy of it. And I have been looking for one. And so, because of that, I decided to ask the A lady to buy me a talking blood pressure monitor. I did find a great unit that I've been using for a couple of weeks now. It is called the pyramid talking blood pressure monitor. It is the B 22 model. And I like it. It here is what's interesting is it is really one of those units that was not designed for the blind because it has a screen that we can't read I certainly couldn't, I'm totally blind but it is usable and really nice, it has four buttons on it and I plan to email the company because it's so nicely put out. There are four buttons on it. There's a memory. There's some memory buttons, but I don't know what they are. I haven't experimented to try. But I do know the button that I need to know because I'm the only one that needs to use the blood pressure monitor. And it is a silver dollar-sized button. Now the three other buttons are really uh, on. Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, going from left to right, there, there's one little dime-sized button at the left side, and then going down on the right side, there are three buttons, uh, two little longer buttons, but the one that we're need that we need to know if you should get this unit is it's silver dollar sized i like silver dollars (laughs) don't have any of them but i like them but let's press this button to see what happens and you get some neat music while we're waiting and now let's test the unit out let's put it through its paces attention please please
2: keep silent and relax keep the cuff at heart level Start measurement now.
4: don't like what the unit said but nevertheless i think it's a good unit normally my blood pressure is lower than that but at any rate we do like the unit using the editorial we that's your update this is stan luttrell
2: thanks for that stan uh yeah he's a reporter he's a man on the ground
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was fantastic and I'm not going to get that tune out of my head all day.
2: A, I was getting, was getting sad during that. I thought I was I, I felt like I was watching some kind of daytime soap opera. I know. Some tragedy.
1: No no no
2: no 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 no. Ah, no enough of that. Um <laughs> yeah, it's a strange tune to have with blood pressure. Maybe it's to calm you down. Maybe you think, oh, I feel sad and think about <laughs> death and, and suddenly, you know. Oh, dear. Oh, nice. Steve has <laughs> to go up.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Interesting idea. Look, thank you for that, Stan. Really appreciate that. And if you do want to send us some audio, then you can drop us uh, an audio file. Just record it on your iPhone or your Android phone. I think it's possible to record on Android phones. Do people do that? Um, yes. Well, you, if you can, then <laughs> you can uh, <laughs> drop us an email to feedback at ami.ca. Uh, coming up, we've got a high-speed how-to. Uh, I've got to say, this is a good one this week. Not that the other ones are terrible. I mean, just yeah, to that. thank you. Um, but no, th- these, <laughs> this is a good one uh, because... Uh, we're talking about text replacement. It's one of those things that um, we've we've talked a little bit about uh, over the past few uh, months, but uh, we've never really talked about as, as a feature. And we've never really shown people how to do it, and it's one of those. I think it's one of those features that we talk about as a group who know about it, and we go, "Oh yeah, text replacement, isn't it great?" And everyone else is going, "Hang on, what, what, what?" Yeah. So um, yeah, we thought we'd put that together for you this week. So looking forward to that. Uh, but first, let's talk about our doc. On our uh, Apple watches, actually, um, we could talk about this on our iOS devices as well, I guess. Or do Android have docks on their phones? Is that a thing? Um, no. no. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Android people. Hi. Um, so, <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> just love winding people up on that one. Uh, but yes, yeah, so if you've got a dock on your device, um, the reason we're mentioning it is because. Uh, you know, we we could use our dock in some ways to help us understand how we use our devices, you know, because it keeps the most recently opened apps on there. So, uh, yeah, we thought we'd um, we'd find out more about this. Now, Robin Christofferson got in touch with us, regular contributor here to uh, Double Tap Canada and also Double Tap TV as well. Here he is uh, to tell us more about uh, the dock
0: and, uh, well, a campaign that he wants to start. Hello, it's Robin from Warwick in England here. Love the show. As always, last week's great stuff. One tiny comment, Sean, in a show aimed at people with a vision impairment, when you're talking about safari being slow, uh, you might not want to use the word busy twice in quick succession, just saying (laughs) that might have unforeseen and undesirable consequences. Sorry. Now, I have a suggestion for a feature going forward in the show. We've had what's in your drawers. Mm Mm-hmm. What about what's in your dock? Because I think in the past you guys have talked about how useful the watch is, but what do we actually use it for? And we could ask people to tell us about the complications they have on their favorite watch faces. But I have a feature called what's in your dock. And it's basically pressing that side button below the crown on the right-hand side of your watch, and what you'll get is a list of apps. Now, if you go to your phone and open up the watch app and go into settings for dock, you'll see there's two ways you can set your dock up. One is for favourites and the other is for recents. Now, either of those will do because we would either get your list of favourite apps that you use on your watch, and that's great because you've favourited them, uh, tell us about those, or the most recent ones, and that's what I'm going to show you now because that will tell you guys and me exactly what I use my watch for most recently and probably most often too. So apart from obviously getting loads of iMessages, you know, and responding to them either by text or by voice, I love voice messages, or getting WhatsApp messages, uh, or getting other notifications, I use a few apps on my watch, and I'm going to show you what they are now. So I'm bringing my watch up to the microphone here, and I'm going to press the dock. Dock. Messages. And first in my dock is Messages. Unsurprisingly, you guys know what the Messages app is like. If I flick to the right. News. News. That's the BBC News app. Brilliant. I get lots of headlines popping up as notifications on my watch, and I can tap on them, and it will take me through to this News app, and it will give me the full story. Tile. Tile. The next one is Tile. That's brilliant. That's where you get those little plastic tags at sort of 15 $20 each maybe, and then you attach them to your keys, uh, whatever it is you want to put them in your wallet, and when you tap on that, it will take you to a list of the ones that you can then find by tapping on their name, and that key ring, or whatever it is, will ring. Oh, and by the way, you can also make it a complication, or you can ask the A-Lady to find those things too, and... If you click one of the buttons on those tiles, then your phone will ring as well. Let's see what we've got next. Workout. Workout. We all know what that is. Ember. Ember. This is the smart mug that keeps your coffee warm. Just tap on that and you'll see exactly what the temperature of your mug is or make it a complication.
3: Find people.
0: Find people. I use that for finding the family and other devices as well. Pedometer plus plus. Pedometer plus plus. If I go in there.
3: Pedometer plus. 8,363.0 steps. 4.1 Four point one miles.
0: I've done four point one miles today. Really like that app. You can also make it a complication to easily get to those. Let's close it. Doc,
1: Pedometer. all apps, button, all apps,
0: button. All apps were at the end, so that's what you tap on to get to all your other apps. So that's it in my dock. Those are the ones I've obviously used most recently. Hey guys, what's in your dock?
2: Well, it's an interesting question. I would, I would have tested my watch, but I'm not wearing
3: it. Me either, Tim. Not wearing mine either, but uh, while we were <laughs> while we were listening to Robin, I grabbed my iPhone, went to the Watch app, and looked at the dock settings on my app, and reminded myself really quickly what we had. So, uh, yes, I shouldn't have even told that secret. I should have just pretended like I did. But anyway. Yeah, you I know you could I- just have pretended. We would have known. Yes. But I-, I have refreshed my memory.
2: So, uh, you know, what are you thinking, Sean? Because, I mean, uh, we'll get to Tim's list in a second, but. You know, I'm thinking mine, I probably just use the basics, right? I use the phone, I use the messages, I use, I guess, activity, but I think that's because it's always on. Um, (laughs) I can't think of anything else, really.
1: Well, that's the problem. And this is, you know, going back to the discussion we had before, just what do you use your Apple Watch for? And I really struggle with this because if I go to my dock, I've got uh, the App Store, settings, and workouts, and that's it. I'm just using it as a fitness tracker. So when I take the dog out, I say, okay, outdoor walk. You know, it's tell me how many calories I burn or whatever. Three. Yes. what? <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not a lot, I'll be honest. But that's all I'm using my Apple Watch for. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting, though. I bet your uh, doc is going to be... Um, like robins because robins there you had the tile app you know that mm. that's interesting and, and that's really is useful but i don't have any trackers also the amber coffee cup weirdness the ember. The, the ember ah yes yeah. the Amber. Am, amber. Ember. ember ah right yeah. the ember that makes sense because it keeps it warm again that's that's a slightly odd one for me but you know these are things that actually make sense on the apple watch but um yeah i i've got to say i have hardly anything in mind
2: Okay, Tim, you, you, please tell us that you use yours for more than just activity and messages. And I imagine you use yours for
3: more than that. Well, I definitely do because activity and messages I use as complications on watch faces. Why would they be in my dock? I uh, have Oof. two main watch faces that I use the activity one and the infographic one. And I can, with two fingers, you can swipe left or right to switch between them quickly. So if I'm going to do a workout, I, I swipe and use the activity watch face that I have you know, workouts and my heart rate and and things like that, you know, pedometer uh, all there on the watch face. And then my infograph, I've got messages and email and uh, walkie talkie and things like that, that I want to use right away. The battery is on there. So I've got those on, on complications uh, on those watch faces. So in my doc, I use things there that I can't really get uh, or easily get to with the complications. So Sean, like you said, the settings app, That's something that I want to get into a lot, especially if I want to do something with voiceover um, or or some other setting that I want to get to. So settings is definitely in there. The App Store, now that they have added that to the Apple Watch where you can access the App Store right on the watch, I have that in there as well. And for fitness, I do have my Fitness Pal in my dock because I I haven't used it a lot lately, but I was using it quite a bit uh, to track different things. So I've got that in there. But then I have um, a couple different – which one am I using right now? Because I'm going between them. The Twitter app. There's J, and then the other one that I can't think of right now um, that you can use on your Apple Watch. Sure. Different- Chirp. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so that is in there because those both work really well in the Apple watch uh, find people. And that's in there not to be creepy and a stalker, but because <laughs> when my, well, my <laughs> wife will go out to the store or go to pick our daughter up from karate class or something. And if she's going to need my help, you know, getting something from, you know, from the car or bringing something in from the grocery store, I'll go to my watch and say, you know, notify me when she returns home and my watch will alert me when she's arrived home so I can, Go out and, and help her bring in the groceries, or whatever you know, or tell me when you know she's gotten to her destination. So I have that in there. So things like that that are useful that you don't really have a complication for. Again, calendar is on my infograph. You know, the, I do have the news app in the dock as well because it's. It's complication is okay, but it gives you like one line of news and that's it. You have to open it to get more news anyway. Yeah. So I put the news app in the doc so I can go in there specifically to get more news, kind of like Robin was talking about. But things like calendar and email and anything where I can contact somebody, that's that's all on a complication. The only other one that that I think is worth mentioning is FlickType. Uh, I could have put that in, in one of the complications, but I'd like having it in the dock because flick type, you can just go in now, open it up, type in what you want. And then they have a button where you can just go ahead and send it off the message. Uh, somebody using the flick type, uh, app on the watch. And that works so nicely. That's actually the very first one in my doc is flick type. So, you know, just a variety of things, but again, the, the Apple watch comes down to, you can use it for tons of things or nothing, depending on what your use case is. And I think that's where we have, uh, we have complications with it. No, no pun intended, or is it? Very good. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> because to some people, it's, it's activity. It's workouts. It's exercising. It's that kind of thing. And, you know, tracking your heart rate and all that kind of thing. But then you can now start to use it more for not just messaging or walkie talkie or email or news, but you know, tracking other things and, and getting in touch with people and social media, using it for Twitter. So it's slowly branching out to do more, and that's where the dock really comes in the handy.
2: Well, you can tell us what you think uh, and what you're using on your Apple Watch by going to your dock, uh, or you can tell us what you're using your iPhone for, tell us your favorite apps, or uh, if Android has apps, I think that's a thing, um, then you can try those out as well <laughs> and uh, let us know what you think. You can Push email it. us feedback at ami.ca if android is even still a thing by the time we get this out. Um and uh, you can also call as well, Sean. How do people do that? Not I think telling you can do that on an Android
1: phone as well. If you have an Android phone, why not give us a call? 1866-509-4545.
2: Right, let's move on because uh, Sean's here with another high speed how to and this week it's a good gooden.
1: Hello, and welcome to another high-speed how-to from DoubleTap. Today, we're going to take a look at text replacement on iOS. Trust me, it's cooler than it sounds. Let's go. Maybe you've got an email address which is full of numbers and symbols, or maybe you find yourself regularly using the exact same phrase in messages or emails. Wouldn't it be great if there was an easy way to quickly type your email address or that often used phrase. Well, lucky for you, there is. It's called text replacement. Here's how it works, and it's really simple. All you have to do is tell text replacement, whenever I type this phrase or sequence of letters, followed by a space, replace what I just typed with this other text. You can see text replacement in action for yourself. Simply go to any text field on your iPhone or iPad, and type the letters O-M-W, then hit the spacebar. You'll then see OMW replaced with the phrase On My Way. That's text replacement. Now, let's create our own. How does it work? You'll find the text replacement settings inside the keyboard settings. To get there, go to Settings, General, and then Keyboard or just ask Siri, open keyboard settings. Once you're there, swipe to the right with one finger until you hear text replacement button. Double tap, and the next screen you'll see is a list of all the text replacements that are currently created. Like this one I mentioned earlier. OMW, on my way. To edit any of these pre-existing text replacements, just double tap on it. To delete one, swipe up with one finger and double tap on delete. But anyway, let's make our own. In the top right corner of the screen, you will find... Add button. Double tap on the Add button and you'll find yourself in the Phrase text field. This is where you enter the replacement text, such as on my way or your email address or whatever you like. I've entered... This is an example of text replacement. When you've typed your phrase, press Enter and Focus will jump to the Shortcut text field. This is the text that you type that will be replaced with the phrase you just entered above. Obviously, you want this to be as quick and as easy to type as possible. So, keep it short. Here's mine. Shortcut. MyTest. Text field. That's MyTest with no spaces. M-Y-T-E-S-T. Once you've typed your shortcut, either hit enter or double tap on the save button in the top right corner, and you're done! You'll now find your shiny new text replacement in the main list. My test. This is an example of text replacement. And it's ready to use. From now on, whenever I type M-Y-T-E-S-T, then hit the spacebar in any text field, it will be instantly replaced with... This is an example of text replacement additional information obviously using text replacement can really speed up typing but the really cool thing is that if you have multiple devices an iPhone an iPad or even a Mac any text replacement you make on any other device will be shared and available to use on all your Apple devices in order for this to work open settings double tap on your Apple ID name at the top go to iCloud and make sure your iCloud drive is turned on. And that's it. That's another high speed how to. Well, there we go. Thank you for that, Sean. Another good
2: one. There are caveats to that though, aren't there?
1: There are. Yes, I have found there's some text fields where the text replacement doesn't work. Now, I'm not entirely sure why that is, but I think it's usually when I'm in a web interface. So I've noticed it in the Lady A app when you need to link an account um, in those web portals if you like when you need to enter your email it doesn't seem to work there so that's one thing and also if you do use it to enter a email address sometimes you will need to make sure you delete that space because it will enter your email address and there will be a space afterwards and sometimes logins don't like that and it will reject it so yeah there are a couple of uh, slight problems with it but on a whole it works really well.
2: OK, well, thank you for that. Really appreciate that, Sean. Uh, now, before we go, uh, just a quick mention on custard. It is the controversy. Uh, the custard nation that is being kicked up because of this is ridiculous. Uh, We've got an email in from Jerry Price who wants to uh, clear this up for us. And the reason this comes up, uh, because Tim, I know, is wondering, what on earth are we talking about? Why are we talking about custard? Well, you know, at the start of the show, I always say you have to, when you call in, you have to uh, tell us that it's OK to use the message on air otherwise uh, what will happen is i will cover sean and tim in custard weird um yeah okay so it is weird right but this has caused a bit of confusion um because nobody seems to know what custard is anywhere else in the world other than where i live in the uk so uh, jerry price says don't know if this is going to clear up the issue but here goes in america custard is a heavy pudding in europe it is a sauce well that's wrong first off it's not sauce uh but anyway uh jerry goes on to say there is a website which suggests if you want to make english custard in america take vanilla pudding and add extra milk what that's crazy talk i don't get it um tim custard in america would you consider that a
3: heavy pudding (laughs) our version of a custard yes that and i know that there definitely is a difference having you Known you guys for many years and other people from the UK, but over here, yeah, people would most usually associate custard to pudding, but thicker and heavier uh, than than a pudding. Which I don't know how much thicker and heavier you can get than pudding, but yes, it, it, that's what <laughs> that's what we would typically consider it to be, which is not really close at all to what you guys consider it to be. No,
1: I just got to say, heavy pudding, great name for a band. I'm having that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it is, yeah, yes. that's it. Uh
2: Well, I hope that clears up. Jerry. thank you so much. I know you're a big fan of the show. Thank you so much for emailing <laughs> in you, to Jerry. feedback at AMI.ca. Uh, yeah, it is a tech show. Honest. And we're back next week doing it all again. Tim, uh, as always, thank you for being here. Thank you very much for having me. Sean Priest, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Don't forget to tune in to Double Tap TV every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. For more technology talk with Mark Aflalo and Stephen Scott.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.